superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Turn it up. Let's go. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Their reaction was, was what? Oh, crap. Yeah. No, that's your interpretation. How should Michigan have reacted to Alabama being announced as their opponent? Earlier on the show, ESPN college football analyst Robert Griffin III. Coming up, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel. Fox Sports college football insider Bruce Feldman. Comedian Stavros Halkias. And now... It's Rich Eisen. That is correct. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We got decisions being made everywhere. As I just discussed, the Zach Wilson experiment and world and era is back again. So if he was drafted, it's Zach Wilson 1.0, right? And then he got benched and he came back. That was 2.0. And then he came back and got benched and it's 3.0. And then this year was 4.0. And then he got benched. And it's this is 5.0. I've, I've lost track. 4.12. Oh, you know, Apple okay. does like the... Point. Oh, that's what it is. It's he's, like an OS. Is he yeah, the, he's like the Cupertino of quarterbacks? Yeah, is that what you're saying? And the Minnesota Vikings just <laughs> said it's Josh Dobbs. They're no way, not going really? Nick Mullins. It is Josh Dobbs. The pastronaut is staying, staying in launch position, mm, and he gets Justin Jefferson back. All right. Well, All his weapons. Let's see. So there's that. Um, Bruce Feldman is going to join us in studio in about 20 minutes' time to talk about everything going on in college football. My God, is everything going on in college football. But joining us now, uh, I have not seen this man since Germany. And uh, I love chatting with him. Certainly when he's uh, kind enough to stop by the show, he is the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, back on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, coach? I'm great. I'm great to be here. Thank um, you. I mean, you're like one of my favorite guys around. Thank you. Uh, right back at you. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited on this whatever day it is. What is the? <laughs> it's the middle of it's, – uh, it's on the verge of week 14. You know what I mean? Like Got that's, it. Yeah, so that doesn't even matter. It's erroneous. <laughs> we're, we're, we're right there. Good to mm-hmm. see you. Um, yeah. How how you been since Germany? I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. How well, you uh, how you been? No, so yeah. we, um, we've we been doing a lot less of that losing stuff, so that's been cool. <laughs> it's good. Um, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're, uh, but, good. you know, I think it was a, it was a cool, um, you know, some of the best things that happen to your football team aren't always on the, in the short and the 
seems the best. So yes. um, if you're going to have, you know, like the experience in Germany where we had a team that, um, you know, was fully invested and came up short, um, you know, you want to turn it into something good. I think that um, the the lessons learned from that game and that experience and uh, the prioritization mm-hmm. of, of this season in every player's mind um, has, has been invigorated. And as a result, it, you know, we're, we're experiencing some football growth. So um, we're right in the middle of it. This is what you prepare for all season is to, um, what your team looks like in December. And uh, so we get to experience the residuals of all of those deliberate practices and moments um, since then and before then. So good spot. How are you a different coach than uh, day one when you walked in the building with the Miami Dolphins? How are you different, do you think, Mike? Um, from like uh, when I got the job? Yeah, yeah. How are you different? Yeah, I think, I think you – well – I would hope that uh, there's there's pillars that are very consistent, um, but at the same time, the way I've kind of approached um, the you, you try to approach things from a from a humble standpoint to because the one thing that can get so many people care about the job they're doing to such a high level that and especially in this job you're supposed to have all the answers, um, but the biggest thing that that can be a, a indicator of um, success or failure in the position is um, admitting your infallibility. So um, I think that keeping an open mind to, okay, you made this decision. Um, what are the exact results? And then adjusting from that mm-hmm. uh, on a daily basis and not running from that is uh, on the surface, a hard thing as a head coach, um, but it's something that I've really studied, tried to stay true to. So I think I've, I think I'm a completely different coach um, than when I started because I've learned so many different lessons. Whether it's, um, you know, what from a from a team standpoint, um, you know, maybe deviating from your some of the most important things um, that you believe in, um, or getting distracted by that. Um, I think one thing that I've that I've learned on the job is how much my emotions can di- can set off spirals um, for other people. Like case in point, um, if someone's walking past my my office and I haven't seen them all day, yes, and I'm in a weird headspace and just I have like negativity. Then I just look up like this and go back. <laughs> And then they're spiraling for the rest of the day. I'm like, what did I do? And then, and now that's the most inefficient brain work that you could possibly have because it has nothing to do. But just being more aware of that, yes, um, so that you you do right by everyone that you're able to touch, because you don't, um, you know, it, it's you don't quite realize the scope with which you can reach people until you're in the job, and it's like, oh, it's everything. So. Yeah, I'm not allowed to have um, moodiness and <laughs> moody, moodiness or ugly face um, relative up. to my normal face. Yeah, you got to be more fo- more focused on your resting face, coach. Yes, when you're the head coach, the resting face has to be. But but it is real because it you is. just. Um, I hear you. Yeah, it it you get into coaching to impact people's um, lives and then to see how 
just bringing energy um, on a day that people are kind of flat, how that can affect people. You see, um, realistically, I can, I can, um, doing my job means I have to leave it all out there each and every day. I'm not sure if I quite understood that to the degree, but, um, you know, I think now I'm, I'm much more versed at that. Take care of myself better knowing that I'm more hydrated. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can't cramp up. You got to make sure. No, but in all seriousness, because you're, you know, you can lose yourself as a head coach in the NFL. You could lose yourself, lose contact with people, lose contact with taking care of yourself. I've seen that, you know, time and time again. And and then, you know, chatting with you in Germany with the whole crew, we, we, you know, when you left the room, we were just so taken aback by everything that you just said right there about how you take it seriously about reaching people as a coach and how you focus on that. And you were so eloquent about your, you know, relationship with Tua. And I, I did my best to try and communicate that to when I got back here in this chair. or oh, when It, I was, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Thank you so much for that. I thought, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I, I, I was excellent recording. No, no, it was it was really it was really awesome. And the other, but one thing I haven't really brought to light, and I'd love for you to to do it here if you don't mind, is Tyreek Hill, because um, we we get the sense in 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 our world, you know, in our fantasy football world, that you just roll the footballs out. He's fast. He's just going to be good, and that's that's it. But you, you were telling stories about about. Uh, between years one and two, and what you sort of, I guess, gave him homework to do, and what he did uh, in between years one and two of your of your tenure there, and I'm wondering what, what you're willing to share about that here. Well, Mike. I mean, I think I think uh, there was a lot of learning in year one, and I don't think it was a coincidence that um, in the off season before this year that Tyreek was throwing out some bold predictions. Um, he's a very smart individual but he also knew that he was undergoing kind of an evolution within himself um, and really recognizing um, the, the, the state of the union. He came to the Miami Dolphins as the guy that had done it. He was obviously, a, um, you know, it's very rare to have six for six Pro Bowls from <laughs> any player um, and then, you know, be all world and, all this stuff, but he recognized that it could be bigger than that. I think after digesting the first year, he understood that, um, wow, if, if I, in my best self, I, I'm not only making plays, but what a impact he has on the organization and every player in it. And that mindset, um, this season, he is gone. Um, he's really, you, you can, you can see that he's unearthed a aspect of himself that maybe he didn't even realize he, that, that he had. And he's super happy in, in that it really brings him satisfaction to, um, you know, uh, uplift and uh, uplift all of his teammates. And he, and he really, he really puts ownership on the entire team's, um, you know, a state of the union um, by his, what actions he can do, what he can invest more into and what he can, um, you know, he, he's a, he's a game changer, not just with, when he has the ball in his hands, but how he goes about preparing for Sundays. So his, you want to talk about how hard, I mean, we have a, a team that plays hard each and every week mm -hmm. and, and we have a team that's very prepared in practice because they go hard every week in practice. Um, that is something that, you know, I don't, I'm not sure 
if we could capture this this exact element of what this team is without the best player um, on the team, maybe in the league, um, really selling out each and every day of practice. It seems like a small thing is everything. Um, the the pride that he's taken in in uh, in blocking, and then just the overall understand like he is so smart and took the time this off season to really understand um, everything that we're telling him as a receiver, as far as route depth is to, to tie in to timing with what the quarterback's doing so that he is um, he gets the ball immediately out of his break, which is where there's the most separation, you know? So I, I couldn't, I can't speak about him um, enough. If there's all the flowery language, in the world, I would add, add a couple more words Hmm. uh, to speak on what I've seen from him because it's um, the, he's always been able to make plays on Sunday. um, But I I would be hard pressed to think that he's ever impacted a team the way he's impacted this team this year. And that's by um, him fully committing to the, the responsibility that he feels he has is, uh, you know, uh, star player that's um paid the highest at his position in the league and um it's i don't think he likes handouts so he's definitely (laughs) earning all of those dollars mike mcdaniel a couple minutes left with the miami dolphins head coach how do you close out i mean i know that's a very you know esoteric question but that is something that i'm sure you're thinking about here because as we're talking you know as you and i were leaving our respective positions in that Stadium in Frankfurt, you know, you, you you were behind the Chiefs. Now you're mm-hmm. not. Now things have broken to the point where you, if you will, control your own destiny. So how do you close? What do you say to this team to focus on each and every single one of these opponents and and wrap this one seat up and get a week off in January? Well, I think the key to the end result that you're talking about is not talking about it at all. Because- <laughs> yeah, right. It's ironic, but it's just, it's one of those, one of those things like we are in a situation um, currently after 13 weeks that man, I'd be super fired up if it was a 13 game season. Uh, You know, I'd probably take my shirt off right now, Um, (laughs) but it it isn't. And um, the, there's a a ton of distractions that come with any sort of success. Um, And the, the bottom line is, we've been talking about all season about how we prepare for an opponent and working on that, regardless who the opponent is, we've been keeping, you know, with, with long vision, um, understanding that uh, bottom line is you're going to play in an elimination game, regardless of what your season looks like um, at the end of the year or in the playoffs. And you're going to want to be your best um, in those situations. So in order to do that, um, we can't take a week off. Um, the only game that actually exists um, is the one we have against the Tennessee Titans. And I honestly think, um, you know, our, our, our team is at a spot where they're really leaning into that and understanding that, um, it, it, you know, one of the reasons why we were successful on the road against, uh, I think it was the biggest road victory that the Dolphins organization has had since 1978 against the Washington commanders. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was as a result of us 
not worried about any standings, anything, but um, our, our, our process and how, how we prepare uh, to perform and play and, and have fun on Sunday. So um, you, you handle all that stuff. Um, the, the, the way that has positioned you to even be talked about that way. And that's a complete immersion into um, the only thing that does exist, which is today preparing for one opponent, not five or six. Got it. Hey, listen, last one for you. Again, I love, I could talk coaching philosophy with you all day long and so many different people, you know, (laughs) would um, maybe think you're not just based on, again, you like to have fun. You got a great sense of humor that you're not cold blooded when you, when you, when you're going after something you want. Uh, And then I was watching the uh, black Friday game and Al Michaels told a story about how you met your wife. So, you know, (laughs) I think that's example a, right. Yeah. you know, don't get in your way. Is that? Did I learn that, Mike, from that story? The, what you learn is seize each and every day. Yes. And there's opportunities aplenty if you open your eyes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That's is that the moral? And your rhythmic. Key part. Was that the story? You the eurythmics? Because I I don't know if Al got into that part about it. Oh no or, no. So I felt bad because. Okay. I, the story was true. Okay. However, it was emphasized. Uh, it was. You just had a short time to talk about it. But, of course, yeah. But you can't um, tell that story in between snaps. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and it's that's tough. kind of what happened. So, right. so what it seemed what, like what, I was threatening somebody's job. I was in jest. <laughs> I said that to Steve Baylark. Okay. In jest because he knew that I was a running back coach, and so I didn't have the power of hiring and firing anyway. <laughs> but it was more to. Right emphasize the urgency with which to take action yes like like hey uh, no dude this is i've identified something that's more important to me than you yes that's all that that's that's how you communicated that and then and then um you know right i think you went short on my dance floor prowess Uh, (laughs) and that was really the moral of the story no but it was was true yeah Uh, met met her at at uh at that nightclub in Sacramento mm-hmm. um, and started a long distance relationship um, that like six months later, she moved out to um, uh, right, right outside of Dulles airport in Virginia right, uh, to cohabitate with me while I was coaching for the Washington football team at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's a real story. Um, I have a lot of random stories <laughs> in life. No, instead, uh, but at least that that one. Hey, look, and Steve can't be upset because you know no. you're married. You know you have. Oh, and, he, and he, I mean, you know, like I don't know. You'd have to get him on the phone. I don't think his his mindset was on marriage at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was uh, you know, okay. I was the wise one thinking about the big picture. Yeah, the long term. Yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. marathoning. Well, you're not sprinting. Club. You're marathoning. Yeah. You're not sprinting. I get it. I understand. And you know, now you have got a, you got a you got a kid, and so now you're the silver medalist and uh, and best dad ever right now. Oh, coach. you know what I mean? Like I hate to tell my you. daughter would vote differently. She she is actually she texted me and said that she disagrees with that. So <laughs> <laughs> she thinks I'm the best dad. Okay. Understood. You know what? It's all subjective. Uh, Great to chat with you. Really appreciate you stopping by here. Always enjoy our conversations. And uh, you're the best, man. I really love talking to you and watching you do your thing. Thank you. I I really appreciate it. And um, I'll still keep coming on as long as I'm tricking you into thinking that it's worth your time. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the greatest trick. It's a very great Jedi mind trick. This is it's not the interview you're looking for. Very good. Thanks again, coach. Take care of yourself. Appreciate it. <laughs> we need to get that TJ you literally just said it we need to get that that like, last look screen capped and memed or whatever him just being like I'm gonna get, uh, when, uh, I brought up, when I brought up his wife hey gotcha as long as what was his thing at the end as long as he yeah. tends he's tricking, he's us tricking me that he's it. worthwhile to be had or something yeah. he, I mean what a wave he's got a brilliant he's got a beautiful mind that guy man, yeah, sure does, yep. man. the dolphins have got themselves a winner and they're the one seed entering week 14. They're taking on the Titans on Monday night after the Chiefs take on the Bills. They could win the next two. They're 11 and three. It's fun watching him on hard knocks, too. Like, Yeah, the in-season. I didn't even bring that up. So I guess, will we be on the in-season hard knocks? Great I question. assume they're shooting that, that right? Great question. Didn't I was wondering that. that yesterday. Um, you know, and uh, the, the Chiefs are on. taking on the Bills, and the Ravens are taking on the Rams. You know? fun stuff let's take a break when we come back bruce feldman on the destruction of college football (laughs) (laughs) hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me i need a good night's sleep because if i don't have one just not myself you know the deal You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because sleep number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save 40% on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Radio audience joins in less than two minutes. First of two times I say hello to you. Bruce Feldman, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, do you go to New York for the Heisman? Or no? Not anymore. Um, you used to then, right? I did. Now, what this week for college football used to be, or still is, but now that the Hall of Fame event is in Vegas. So it used to be the Hall of Fame event would be in, in New York City. Um, at the Waldorf Waldorf Astoria, and most of the heavyweight people in the sport stuck around would be there, like meeting, and that's where a lot of coaches' interviews would happen. Now the calendar's bumped 
up, so it's less of that. And that event is now in Vegas. My mm -hmm. colleague, Reggie, former colleague Reggie Bush, got inducted in the Hall of Fame last night. And okay. A bunch of other ones. Fantastic. So. Good for him. Yeah. He's well, he deserves legend. it. He was one of the greatest college football players oh, of all gosh. time. Yes. Um, of you, all time. Maybe the most exciting college exciting. football player ever. Yeah. The Fresno State play. That's the one where you oh my God, yeah. across the field and then gone. It's like, dude. When NFL Network began, we were not allowed to talk about him. Bill Polian came in and said, you may not talk about players who are not eligible. We wouldn't even think about it in a million years when we first came on the air. Reggie Bush wow. was so obviously a future dynamic professional football player that we started talking about him. And they came in saying, you are not allowed to talk about players who are not until they declare themselves eligible. That doesn't happen anymore. But it was a, he was unreal. Yeah. Unbelievable. He was a game changer. Then I remember he he showed up uh, to the Super Bowl in Detroit for an event I was at, and he's staring out the window, looking at the snow. And I'm like, it's the first time you've seen snow, huh? Joking. And he goes, yeah, it is. <laughs> Last year. From 619. Yeah. You know so, I mean? so we're traveling. Um, me, him, and Liner would often, with California from L.A., would travel to games. And there was a day. Hold on. Let me just jump in real quick right here. We're. Back on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, telling Reggie Bush stories with Bruce Feldman. Go ahead, finish your okay, story so about Reggie. Good. So there's a seat missing in first class, and I went up to the flight attendant. And I said, you know, one of my coworkers, I think, is supposed to be in that seat. Mm -hmm. I don't. Do you know if he's coming? She goes, "What's his name?" And I told her. I said, "Reggie Bush." She goes, "You mean the actor?" He's like, "The actor." He's like, "These Wendy's commercials are out of control right now." So, no, he's a great football player, actor, but he's actually was actually very good in the commercials. That's he was so ahead of his time. Look at what the look at the, what the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are doing right now on short yardage. You know, <laughs> the, the, the bush push. That's why they call yeah. it the tush push. You know, yeah. The unfortunate version. Uh, I prefer brotherly shove, but I mean, anyway. Bruce Feldman is here uh, from Fox Sports and the Athletic. I am sitting here at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Uh, when the college football playoff committee announced their final four, in my head, I'm, I'm on NFL game day morning. I'm, I'm talking about it, um, and you know, I start thinking to myself, who are some of the people who I respect and appreciate? What are they thinking about it? You were coming to mind, and then I went about my day, you know, for the professional uh, day of uh, football, and then I turned to my phone, and then I see the headline. College football has always had the best regular season in sports. It doesn't anymore. And I'm like, okay, now I know how Bruce feels about it. I'll give you the floor. I, you know, I actually didn't think about it that clearly. It didn't resonate until I actually sit in there watching this. And they are 13-0. They were in a Power 5 conference. By the way, the guy who will probably win the Heisman this weekend, Jaden Daniels, who ran through the, the SEC, they did the best job of slowing him down, and they were leading LSU 45-17 to 17 with a minute left in that game. Like, it was not close. They dominated them. Their defense is really good. and But their offense, now that Jordan Travis is out for the season, struggled. It has struggled the last two games. Now, this past week, they were playing their third-string quarterback because their backup, Tate Rodemaker, who has played, and last year he led them to a comeback win at Louisville, where he was impressive, but against Florida in a rivalry game, he struck, he was shaky, but he also left the game with a concussion, didn't play last this past week against Louisville. The committee took it upon them to say, well, 
that offense that we just saw on Saturday night, we don't think it's a good matchup. We don't think they have a chance to win that. Well, that guy who is playing Brooklyn is probably not, wouldn't be the guy to start anyway. But the committee already just wrote them off. And my problem with this is the games need to matter. This is an undefeated team. This is an undefeated team who, by the way, scheduled two really good SEC opponents. It's not their fault that Florida stinks this year. But, they, I mean, in the non-conference, they ran through the rest of the league. They have a lot of talented players on both sides of the ball. And here's Alabama, who lost at home by 10 to Texas. It wasn't anything fluky. Um, they did beat Georgia, and that's a legitimate big-time win. Two-time defending champs, they knocked them out. But the week before, if you want to talk about eyeball tests, they barely beat Auburn. And Auburn's not good this year. I mean, Auburn the week before got smashed by New Mexico State. But the committee could not fathom the idea of not having an SEC champ in there, even with one loss. And obviously, the SEC has been the most dominant conference in college football the last two decades. This has not been a great year for the SEC, though. There's no way around that. But the committee just couldn't bear the thought of no SEC team. And ultimately, they screwed Florida State. So let's, uh, let's stroll down a little bit of pushback lane here. Certainly since uh, my colleague across the aisle, Chris Brockman, feels completely differently about this. Well, he's wrong. Well, here we go. Here we go. Uh, I mean, well, because your point is that, sure, Jaden Daniels was held down by Florida State. It was week one, though. What do you say to that? That's when the game was played. Okay. I mean, or the fact that's essentially the preseason, right? That's what you've been saying to me. Well, for days. So, and I'm not just saying I mean, this, it because I agree with him. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing for the the pushback conversation to be this had. Because you're not the only one who feels this way. This yeah. de- no, and he's not. This I get room, it. This, this defense though, is also the only one who's held a Jeff Brom offense under 200 yards in five years. Like they're really good on defense. They have really good receivers. They have. I mean, they're a talented team. The Trigger Man struggled the first the the base of you're going off of one game it was at florida in a rivalry game he didn't play great okay but that's basically what people are writing off i find it hard to believe that if alabama was going to beat was beating georgia and on like the last series even though they were winning if their quarterback got hurt and you know it was out for the season that they would have written off alabama the same way i just don't buy that what about the idea that the college football playoff committee did include in its thinking a result from the season in that they couldn't take Alabama without Texas? I think that's very true. Like, I, I think if Georgia won and was undefeated, you know, Georgia's number one, Michigan's two, Washington's three, and then maybe Florida State does go. But I think it was like they were boxed in because they couldn't take uh texas without taking an s alabama they just could i don't think it to them that was probably this was probably a more palatable solution than that one was mm. there have been a bigger outcry if they had taken florida state but taken alabama and left texas out yeah i think head-to-head is hard now it's not texas's fault by the way we were just talking about like oh you know florida wasn't very good and that's who florida state was playing but the Big 12 was really bad outside of Texas. They played an Oklahoma State team that lost to 
um, South Alabama and UCF. Neither team is anywhere near a top 25 team. Lost them like 78 to 10 by a combined score. But to be fair, the Big Ten outside of Michigan and Ohio State, with all due respect to Penn State, it, uh, it was one large wasteland. I mean, Iowa's defense, so I guess yeah. half of Iowa, you know, we have to include Iowa's defense was championship quality. I think you could say that. But you have I at mean, least you have you usually have two very talented teams in there. I don't think you know like Penn State's offense this year was really disappointing. Right. Um, I get it, but I think they are. You know, I think they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Quite honestly. So while we're playing, what if what if Oregon had beaten Washington? Do you think um, with the other results that came down, they would have left the Pac-12 winner out? Like, I think, see you later. No, I think Oregon would have still gotten that spot. Okay. I do, because they would have avenged their one loss. It was a close loss, and I think people looked at Oregon on the eyeball test and were like, all right, they're talented on both sides of the ball. They have a really good quarterback. You know, ultimately, I just think that the committee, you know, got some feedback here. It's like, all right, well... The matchup, we've had a lot of blowouts in the playoff. And I think if you're ESPN, what you didn't want that. You're paying a lot of money for this. So you think Texas winning was the death knell for Florida State? Because even if Georgia had beaten Alabama, the SEC's getting a team in. Yeah. Right? And then Texas get Texas winning gave them the opportunity to put, what, a one-loss Big 12 team in yeah, over, one loss with, with one really good over win. Florida State? Because Big 10's going, Pac-12's going, SEC's going, and Florida State would have gotten in over Texas. Or so Texas gets in because Alabama won, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, and so you've always had this really flawed system. There are five power power five conferences four for four spots. Yeah, right. This is the potential for this to happen Always. It's just the last year of this before we go to 12 next year. Yeah. It's when it it really splintered apart on them. And, you know, it was almost bound to happen. And it just hadn't happened like this until now. But like in the past, you know, Cincinnati was undefeated and they came from a group of five conference. And I think people thought it was a pretty good team. But I don't think anybody looked at them and go, oh, yeah, they're one of the I, I don't say I don't think anybody. I don't think a lot of people looked at them and go, oh, they're one of the four best teams. And if you're going to go by four best, you know, who does Vegas think? Who does, you know, if you ask Daniel Jeremiah and the NFL personnel people, they'd be like, oh, Georgia or whatever is one of the four best. It, you know, like that's the get out of jail free card for a lot of this is like the best is now really Trump's most deserving. And if you asked me, you know, and this is the to me the wrong way to, to, to approach it. But if it's like, oh, on a neutral field, who would you pick? Well, on a neutral field... I was, me and Vegas and everybody else were picking uh, Washington to lose again to Oregon. That didn't happen. It's still like, Yeah, so. I mean, the whole business is just like, you know, the results matter. The records matter. Let the chips fall where they may because that's that's all that matters. Not like, let's try and figure out best and final, figuring like out all that stuff. How would you feel if you're an Ohio State fan? If I'm sorry, if you're a Michigan fan. Yeah. What did I do? Um, if you're a Michigan fan uh -huh. and late in the game, J.J. McCarthy re-aggravates like a leg yeah. and then it's he can't play. Like, and all of a sudden it's like Jack, you know, is, or is the committee now evaluating Jack Tuttle off let's of be, like whatever? Let's be honest, too. I think Stephen A. Smith nailed it completely when he said if Dion was the coach of Florida State, he'd be in. Yeah, I think they nailed, they nailed uh, that I think one. he yeah. nailed that completely. Yeah. But Dion also said yesterday that he thought the committee got it right. Uh, I, you know, uh, 
he could say obviously what he feels in terms of what he thinks is right or wrong. Does Steve? Does, I, and, I and, miss- and and but but the bottom line is the question is is what should be done and what you know what happened. Is, uh, is the Stephen A. contention that because Dion's a bigger star yes. than Mike Norvell that no, he would get? Because well, no, if this is about getting people to turn on their television huh. sets, yeah. Uh, period. End of story. And I, you know, my, look, my, he works for ESPN, so he would he probably know more of what their thinking is than maybe so. so. And, I, and and so you know, also in terms of Vegas too, Bruce, Georgia is a fourteen point favorite over Florida State. Yeah. Well, look, Florida State is probably not going to show up in much of a you know like their player. You're going to get a bunch of guys who are going to opt out. I don't think people are going to read into whatever's going to happen in that game. And I'm like, I don't know what Florida State's going to show up. You know, I don't. I don't think that's going to be a fair representation if you have some guys going. You know what? I'm just going to go to the Senior Bowl instead. Or, or so. Do you think Florida State would be able to give Michigan a good game or better game than Alabama? Or hold on a minute. That's the wrong way to phrase it. That had Florida State gone, Michigan wouldn't be peeing down their leg, reacting to Alabama being <laughs> named. Is that the better way to put it? Because I'm so I don't want to I don't want to make it seem I don't want to well, make your, it seem like Michigan is, Michigan you know that views you know like getting a better game from Alabama that whole nonsense it doesn't but it actually doesn't uh, it doesn't matter to me who they are more scared of or not that should not be the criteria well that's what Boo Corrigan said they asked the coaches on the committee who are you, who would you want to play and who would you rather not play and I guess the answer came back you would rather not play Alabama and Nick Saban. Then Mike Norvell and his backup quarterback, and they're like, well, that's another metric, sold. So who would you rather rather play, Texas or Georgia? Use that metric. Exactly. You know, I, I guess. I don't know because you once the You should have ball, put TCU in the playoff last year then. toe meets ball, it's all bets are off, man. That's what the beauty of football is. The magic carpet rides. You know, pumpkins could turn into carriages. That's why we love this sport more than any other. Or college basketball, too. I mean, that's the actual phrase about the Cinderella slipper fits. Like, what are yeah. we doing? I saw something the other night when when Trevor Lawrence got hurt in Monday Night Football and somebody had, yes, had and tweeted, it's like, okay, now are the Jaguars going to be disqualified? Exactly. The and good thing they weren't there to eliminate Cincinnati with Jake Browning lighting it up. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yes, but now Jaguars really don't have a chance to win the Super Bowl if Trevor Lawrence is out. Let's be honest. Okay, let's be honest because Nick Foles didn't happen. You know, uh, honestly, you know, <laughs> Jeff Hostetler never happened. That never happened. You know, uh, honestly, look at O.J. Anderson's hand. There's a big fat ring on it. Yeah, but that, you know? you're doing probability. It, it's the committee's chance to take that into consideration. It's their, it's their duty to do that. Is it? You think Florida State's going to beat would have beaten Michigan? Come on, be honest. Let me ask you this question. I don't How does it feel to be on the business end of Bruce Feldman's sort of eyebrow arch questioning <laughs> your thought process because I've been on that for about 10 weeks. How does it feel for you? It's not comfortable, is it? I think Bruce and I are more on the same team than you think. <laughs> Not on this subject matter, I don't think. I don't know if we're on this subject. I, you Not know, you're my guy over there, but I, this one. <laughs> but the, the part I don't like is I just feel like if the, thir- you can't be better than thirteen to zero. The object is, you know, to win the games. Is, yeah, do you want to be impressive? Yes, but at some point, this isn't. We're not judging one loss teams. We're, like the part I really don't like about this is we're now all of a sudden taking to TV executives going, "Who is the matchup you really want?" 
But it's, it's, it's a TV show. But, but it is a TV show. But that's, that's the that, reality, yeah. and I think that's where your it's a game show. That's where your column nails it, and the headline nails it. Even though I'm sure you didn't write the headline, those get written by somebody else. Yeah. Well, whoever did it nailed it, because this is about TV. That's why the Pac-12 no longer exists. That's why this game between Washington and Oregon will be a Big Ten matchup from now on. That's why there's a reason maybe for Mike Norvell and Florida State to look at each other and say, why the hell are we in the ACC if this is the way it's going to come shaken out when we go undefeated? And that's why, you know, ACC folks should push the hell back with every fiber of their being right now. Even though maybe it's different with 12 teams next year. It I would be. And, and also, know. you know, there's you know, a lot of chatter about how the ACC leadership didn't want to expand. You know, it was like part of the delay of why it didn't happen this year. Uh, you can believe whatever you want to believe on that subject, but that would be some irony in there. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a juicy topic. I think that, you know, if Alabama goes on and beats your alma mater, I think people will go, aha, see, they were deserving. And look, I don't fault Alabama. They, have, you know, the, the, to me, it's like this is probably the argue the greatest coaching job Nick Saban's done since he's been in Tuscaloosa. That team wasn't very good at the beginning of the year. They got a lot better over the course of the year. They're a really good team. It's just, I, I, it's not about to me. It's not about Alabama. It's not about the SEC. It's really about Florida State and the principle of this. Hey, the principle of it. And so, what you're saying is, if Alabama wins then those who say that what's wrong with college football has proven out because Florida State didn't make it, right? Then Michigan is fighting for college football, is what you're saying. Are they America's team again? Is that what you're saying? That's what you're saying. So if if Alabama wins, college football writ large loses. That's what I just heard. Am I wrong? Uh, that's what I heard from Bruce Feldman I of just Fox think, Sports and the Athletic, uh, yeah, which is yeah, really yeah. weird because that's not normally the stance he would take. Please tell me if I've heard that wrong. Did I hear that wrong? I think You're it's like, little, if Alabama uh, wins, everybody who says Florida State should have gotten in because that's what's right for college football, and that's what college football is all about, that if Alabama wins, those people lose. So Michigan's fighting on their behalf in the Rose Bowl. Am I wrong? I think it's hilarious. We're talking about college football and principles and expecting them to do the right thing. There you go. Now we're on the same team. Again. You know what I mean? So what I, heard, I got you I'm back. Just, I'm telling you, I don't know if my, if, my, if my ears are working. What I heard, the everybody is those who don't like college football and what it used to be. Michigan versus them too now. Those plucky Alabama underdogs. No. Are they underdogs? Yeah, point and a half. Okay. Ooh. It is, it is a little interesting, though. Oh, it, it sure is. This whole thing is fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. You know, and uh, next week when you come back here, we're going to be talking essentially deeper about college football free agency. Oh, it's it's, it's there. way on right we're now. We're in. I mean, the transfer portal's open. Kids are entering it right now. I'm sure there are multi-million dollar deals on the table. You know, signing period is, that's that's nothing. This is, a, we're in free agency. And I'm sure next week it'll be talking about which who's losing, who's winning, no, we're who's left. About, we're talking about Arch Manning, Bruce. Where's he going? <laughs> well, I, th- this whole thing fits into two buckets for the portal with quarter, at least with quarterbacks. It's the guys who are proven, and there's you know the Cam Wards, Dylan Gabriel's guys who put up numbers, um, and then there's this other batch who are like big recruits who haven't really done anything, whether it's Dante Moore, Aiden Childs, 
Arch Manning, you know, you know, if you want to, he sure. ends up in there. Like, there's there's a bunch of guys who would fit in that category. It's like, okay, do you bet on those guys or do you bet on the guys? Because it's literally a bet now because you're going to have to spend a lot of money for some of them. You're probably going to have to spend in the low seven figures. Mm, wow. Uh, that will be uh, next week. Uh, I greatly appreciate. So you are going to Vegas for the, for the, uh, no, the thing happened, Reggie's deal and, and oh. the other guys who went in, went in okay. last night. So you're so home. I'm you're home, home this weekend. I'm home. You watch Army Navy just like the rest yeah, of, all was, of us. Yeah, I'm hoping for ba- for snow. Like we that's always get. great. Oh my gosh, New York state of mind, man. Best yeah. rivalry in, in uh, sports. Absolutely, absolutely, and I can't wait to see what, to which coach is more likely Army and Navy's coach to blow a whistle and hop up and down amongst all of his oh, players and let them dance <laughs> on the field. Go? No, I won't ever. Yes. I won't ever. I think your the coach might be the one who's the blow whistle guy. So what, what is it, my guy wears cleats during games because he's got more career NFL rushing yards than Bo Jackson. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Facts. I only spit them here, including... I can't wait to go to the Rose Bowl. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show. Thanks for coming in, sir. Thank you. You bet. Bruce Feldman here. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't go anywhere. Back with more. <laughs> Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. There's somebody on Twitter, and it could be Bob, at real underscore Bob Costas. Then you read the Twitter bio, and you begin to think something could be up. How are you, Bob? I'm good, Rich. Late last night, and then again this morning when I woke up, dozens of texts, some claiming it must be real, some saying this can't be true. Yes. And one said, this is the best indication that hell has frozen over <laughs> since the 04 Red Sox or the 2016 Cubs. But I am here to assure you and everybody else that the fires of hell are still very much blazing because I am absolutely not on Twitter. They have taken the bogus account down. And I began thinking, you know, what would actually, what would I have to do before I ever deigned to be on Twitter? What? Like, binge watch the real housewives of orange county <laughs> make a return trip to sochi just for the nostalgia of a pink eye episode <laughs> star in a school to basketball or 
or just for you, just for you, Rich. Yes, Bob. Make a special trip to the NFL Combine. <laughs> All those things will happen before I'm ever on Twitter. Okay, so this is the real Bob Costas. We can okay. confirm oh, that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Twitter needs that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Your son uh, tweeted it out that this is not you. When I saw the, the first screen grab that, that Keith sent to me, yes. one tip-off should be, look, I'm a reasonably humble and self-effacing guy. Yes. But would I knowingly shortchange myself seven Emmys? <laughs> the guy couldn't even get the number of Emmys right. Exactly. I said that. I said 21 scam. seems a little light. You gotta pull a scam. Get your ducks in a row. <laughs> oh, man. The great Bob Costas. All of his appearances on our YouTube page. Okay. So, back here on the uh, the program. And um, so sometimes things happen in the world that makes me stop what we normally do here and, if you will, stray out of our lane of sports talk and conversation about pop culture and things of that nature. And, you know... And what usually causes me to stop and do that on this program is something that occurs in life that makes me think, what if I said nothing? I don't want my kids to look at me and say one day, Dad, you had a platform, you had a microphone in front of your face. Why didn't you say something? And that happened yesterday when the school president's of Harvard, Penn, and MIT were on Capitol Hill testifying at a hearing in the House of Representatives on anti-Semitism in college campuses. Now, growing up, uh, one of my cousins went to MIT, and we were so proud of him and proud of the fact that he went to MIT. My brother went to Penn, met um, my sister-in-law, met his wife there. And I had such great times on that campus, and it's, it's an incredible place. And Harvard obviously is a spot where, you know, Susie being from Boston and, you know, I'm from the Northeast. Obviously there's dreams. You want to send your kids to Harvard one day. Seeing the answers I saw and heard from the school presidents of those three institutions of higher learning to the simple question of whether they consider the phrase or the statement of genocide against all Jews to be a violation of codes of conduct on the campuses or considered a violation of the code of conduct in relation to bullying or harassment. And their answer is not being unequivocally, yeah, that violates it. And just equivocating with a bunch of word salad and nonsense. Now you could sit here and say, well, it's legalese because they have to leave themselves some wiggle room. That's nonsense. The question was from Elise Stefanik of New York, asking the school president at Penn if, if, about whether genocide against all Jews was a violation of code of conduct. Her answer was, if the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Oh, so we have to wait for the genocide to happen before you kick someone off a of campus? Is that right? She called it a context-dependent decision. How about the context of what's happening in the world right now? Where hate speech against 
Jews. And by the way, Islamophobia is through the roof, too. How about the context of just being against all hate speech? And it starts with this subject matter. Harvard's president said that genocide, somebody advocating for genocide against all Jews being a violation of their code of conduct, quote-unquote, can be depending on the context. What? Hey, by just allowing that speech makes people comfortable to commit the genocide. You understand that? By not being unequivocal and saying, yes, this is a violation, and anybody who violates it is off campus. They can't go to Harvard, Penn, or MIT. By saying, well, it depends on this, that, the other thing, makes them comfortable to commit the genocide. It is the lesson you learn when you walk into museums of tolerance or Holocaust museums around the world, including ones that I've been into recently in Berlin, Germany, and Tel Aviv, Israel. It's the first lesson you learn, and I can't believe you've got to tell people who lead these institutions of higher learning that. And certainly the presidents at MIT and, 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 and Harvard, just reach out to Bob Kraft. He's in the neighborhood. He's created the foundation to combat anti-Semitism. And you see the commercials all around the football games that we're watching right now. With the blue square and the hashtag as well, stand up to Jewish hate. I cannot believe the answers I heard. It is frightening to see those answers from people in positions of leadership and higher education. Are you kidding me? The answer is yes. When you're advocating for genocide against anybody, that's a violation of code of conduct and is a form of harassment or bullying. Forget the context. Get out of here. And it's just really mind-blowing to me. In this day and age, I never thought in a million years that I would never want to send my kids to these schools. Forget that. And for you know, this whole politics thing, there should be nothing political about this, left or right at all. No politics. It's not your political stance. And it, it, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. And to these, these folks... You know what I want to say to these folks who are in the position of power like that? What if you take out Jews and put in all lives? And that comes across as maybe like polarizing because those folks who are sitting up there on Capitol Hill unable to give the answer about Jews, certainly when we were talking about all lives matter were at the forefront of the world there. And for me to say that, it sounds like for me to be polarizing, because this is not polarizing. Well, what about you? What about that section of the world? And what about Muslims right now? They should be all included together in this. What the hell is the matter with those people? On Capitol Hill, in front of the whole world, couldn't say the word yes, unequivocally. No, it's context this, that, the other thing. And if it's action, then we can take action. Oh, let's wait for the genocide instead of stopping it in its tracks the minute you can when you hear the speech.